three of us. But if it's not the three of us, then it wouldn't be the show. So I'll pass it over first to our local leftist with an awesome top knot, AJ. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is AJ coming to you live from Shady Grove, Maryland. Uh, Washington sports teams except for my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Uh, and uh, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dunedin Jets. Um, and I'm also on Insta, uh, Insta, I think, with that same handle. So uh, check me out, and I'll send it right over to uh, to my good buddy with the beard. What's going on, guys? This is Lauren coming at you from Montgomery Village. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore heap 21. I'm a Washington football fan, Wizards fan, anything D.C. really, uh, D.C. sports fan related. Um, but, yeah, let's dive into it, guys. I always forget to say my handles, but uh... – yeah, you you could always go back and listen to the other episodes and find it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, as always, guys, if you're listening to us, uh, please do us a favor: subscribe, uh, follow the follow the podcast. Please leave a review. It kind of helps us get an idea of uh, what you like, what you don't like, what we should work on a little bit more. And if it's you know if it's funny, we'll read it. Uh, if it's mean, and I you know I I, I feel like roasting you, I read it as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, this week. Episode six, we're here in October now. Uh, October is, you know, one of those months where, you know, everybody's having a good time, getting ready for Halloween. Uh, NHL's season opening is tonight. Uh, The Capitals will face off with the Rangers, however, tomorrow, uh, which is the 13th, um, which is the Wednesday. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, see if Ovechkin does anything amazing, but... Uh, do you guys remember when the Caps won the won the championship like a, a few years back? Freaking DC mm-hmm. was insane. So it was lit, bro. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin was, was awesome. carrying that championship, the Stanley Cup, around drinking beer out of it for like three days. <laughs> greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll they'll give us something good to talk about this uh, this hockey season. I don't think any of us are very well versed in hockey, but hey. We're, we're gonna all learn about it. So Look, we finna learn. Yeah. You know, we all we all watched the Mighty Ducks when we were kids. You know, yep. the cartoon mm-hmm. and the movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Flying V. <laughs> That's right. That flying, flying V. v Hit him with a knuckle puck. There you go. Knuckle <laughs> <laughs> puck. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna transition real quick from knuckle pucks to knuckle heads. As <laughs> there's more updates going on with this uh, Brooklyn Nets Kyrie Irving situation that we had talked about like a week ago, if not two. Um, he's not he's not allowed to practice with the team. Well, yeah. So so this past week, uh, the 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 city of New York uh, designated the um, Brooklyn Nets practice facility as an office, which would have theoretically cleared Kyrie to uh, to practice with the team, even though he can't play because the um, uh, the the arena that they play in uh, would not count as a uh, as an office. It would be a public public place, and he's unvaccinated. And they have a vaccine mandate. Um, however, uh, just, I think it was today, actually, Yeah, just um, today, just today, the, the Brooklyn Nets announced that Kyrie would not be, uh, would not be allowed to the, the team itself would not allow Kyrie to participate with the team until he gets vaccinated. Um, and, uh, it, which I think is the right call. If you're the organization, um, I think it's the right call. If you're the rest of his teammates, apparently, um, reporting, uh, tells us that, uh, KD and, um, James Harden were involved in that decision as well. Um, just for like team cohesion, because uh, the, the other alternative would have would have been that he would, um, you know, play uh, 
in games where they the nets were in cities that allowed it um, that didn't have a vaccine mandate for example um and uh so the uh, the other development and uh why i jumped in here is because the athletic uh, just put out an article about about Kyrie's reasoning here uh it just came out an hour ago it's by shams uh, charania uh and he here's what here's what uh the athletic is reporting um Multiple sources with direct knowledge of Irving's decision have told the Athletic that Irving is not anti-vaccine, and that his stance is that he is upset that people are losing their jobs due to vaccine mandates. It's a stance that Irving has explained to close teammates. To him, this is about a grander fight than the one on the court, and Irving is challenging a perceived control of society and people's livelihood, according to sources with knowledge of Irving's mindset. It is a decision that he believes he is capable to make given his current life dynamics. Quote, Kyrie wants to be a voice for the voiceless, one source said. Uh, so that's that's what Kyrie's reasoning is, uh, and I guess I, I don't know what the implications of that are. Uh, does he sit out the rest of the season? Like what what are we what are we talking here? You know? Yeah, no, he it's probably uh, he's sitting out the rest of the season, uh, and it makes sense that I was sitting here when when I saw that they, he could practice with the team. I was like, oh, that's that's fine. <clears throat> then he'll get then he might end up playing. Like he might go on like travel on with them away. But then it hit me. When he's sitting, when I was sitting here, and um, you said what you said about how they that he can practice there, if he's not vaccinated, he rolls up there with COVID and gives it to the other players. You know, the Nets team might get wiped out for like two weeks, and then and then they they can't play. So it makes total sense they're not going to let him in there. And they, and there's no guarantee, right? Like he gets the vaccine, he's like he's is he? Uh, uh, you can still contract it, but obviously, the reason the vaccine's out there so the symptoms are less. But I mean. You can't just be rolling around and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to get that, and then expect to show up and just get the whole team infected. So it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, it'd be nice to have the luxury to just be like, no, nah, I'm not doing this, and uh, have millions and millions and millions of dollars to just go do whatever I want. But Kyrie's always done what Kyrie wants to do. So, you know, if he's not if he doesn't want to get the vaccine, he's probably not going to end up getting it. Right. Well, I mean, and Lauren, you, you like shared an interesting, it was, it was, I think it was a meme at the time, but like, it was kind of interesting because it wouldn't be like outside of the realm of his character to re- just retire, just be like, you know what? I don't want to care yeah. to do it anymore. He's, he Although, said I he mean, would, he said it, didn't it? go ahead. Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh well, I said I mean, he said I if just... the Nets were going to retire. <laughs> we're fighting over here for, uh... no, because I was just going to say, um, if he wants to be the voice for the voiceless, then obviously he's still gonna he's still gonna play just just out of spite. Like he's not, he can't retire. But yeah, he might just retire. I mean, what were you saying? Yeah, he said if the Nets trade him, he'll just retire. So like he was like, I'm good. And he can just walk away from it all. So <clears throat> I mean, if, I mean, hey man, uh, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. But I think it, you know, I think the rest, like you said, leading in, it's kind of a knucklehead thing to do. I mean, I mean, what I, do you guys think? Do you think do you think I, he retires? Do you think he sticks around? I mean, I don't I don't know at this point. And the thing is with Kyrie, you know, he he might he might just retire, walk away. I mean, who knows? But my thing is my thing is, is this though. I find this whole thing to be really silly because like if he's if what he's trying to do is protest uh a perceived control of society or whatever, he's going to do that then by basically having these giant organizations that are supposedly controlling people's behavior control his behavior by keeping it out from the games. He can't play like that's, those are the rules. So like, what are you, what, what are you protesting here? Who's, who's your, who's this, who's this supposed to apply, apply pressure to, you know, it's no skin off the owner's nose. They don't, he doesn't care. 
He's that that just means that's an extra uh that's an extra sixteen million bucks that he gets to keep in his pocket. You know, like I, I just I don't I find this whole thing to be very incoherent, um, and it's unfortunate because I you know, Kyrie has a lot of courage as a player and uh, you know as a as an act like he wants to he wants to be that kind of like an activist presence and I I, I appreciate that obviously but like I, I just don't it's it, it's incoherent it doesn't take into account any sort of power relations, uh, and not only that he's just completely wrong so. Uh, Kyrie, stop being a dumbass. Uh, go get your go get your vaccine, bro. Yeah, I mean it's important too, right? Because like you said, the stadium where he's going to play at, they require vaccinations even if you come to the games. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I'm I'm more on the side of I think he's going to retire. Honestly, I don't think he's sixth round. Um, just because that's like. He's he's always he seems as of lately to not really care anymore to like play that that much, so but we'll see. Um, talk, speaking about you know venues with vaccine uh, requirements and whatnot, we here at the Go Deep Podcast we're just at FedEx Field this Sunday, and uh, not the result that we were hoping for in terms of the game, uh, but man, it was it was so much fun to be out there, yo, like. We met some cool people. Um, couple, we had a we had a Saints fan behind us who was, you know, make letting making sure that we knew she was a Saints fan. Uh, met a Buffalo fan, which was funny for me because I'm a Jets fan, and uh, I mean, I think my favorite part of the whole the whole thing was just being able to grill out. We watched we watched some of the game in the in the from the back of the car before we went in, <laughs> and uh, yo AJ, that your chili was on point, my guy. Yeah, man, the sec- the secret's the ginger. You got You got to grind up some fresh ginger and put it in that chili. It really brings out the flavor and the peppers. Uh, but yeah, uh, stop. You know, you see. Next time you see me, uh, I'll, you know, holler at me. I'm, I'll holler at your boy. I'll make some more. Um, <laughs> but uh, Lauren, what'd you think? How how'd you enjoy yourself? Yeah, yeah. No, for me it was great. So I've never done that before. That's a that's a this was this was totally uh, first time ever going and tailgating and then go you know going into the stadium and so it was a. Uh, it was a blast because the the kind of the aspect of it, I, you know, I kind of didn't really think too much about was the the friends you can make in the parking lot. And then, then this generous couple that was behind us that was just like, hey, you know, like we were cooking our own food, but they were like, hey, we got food. Hey, you want some of our stuff? Like, oh, yeah, here's this. There's this beer that we have. Like we buy all these random beers and here's one. You should try it. You should try this. You know, and then being able to understand like we do this podcast and, you know, we follow certain people on Twitter and we see their their reaction. But being able to talk to fans and he, really hear their reaction really hear what they think, how the team's doing and stuff like that. I thought it gave some interesting insight and in how like certain, you know, what certain fans think of Heineke or how the team's playing or who's, you know, whose fault it is or, or this or that, or their optimism of the season. So that whole like aspect of it, being able to, to really, you know, just grill and hang out and actually like talk to other fans was just fun. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I loved the fact that we ate beforehand. So I didn't pay for any food inside. That was great. I was full the whole time. Yep. Uh, we just kind of chilled out and then we ate when we ate, we ate afterwards. So like, I thought that was big. Uh, I was, to me, that was like a kind of a big deal. Cause I didn't have to go pay for their overpriced food, but no, it was great. Everything about it was great from the, from beginning to end. So, yeah. Uh, so shout out to Mike and Sally, the couple that was behind us. Uh, Mike yep. basically, uh, runs the internet. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not going to, uh, you know, elaborate on that at any, any, uh, right now, but that, you know, shout out to Mike. Thanks for, uh, thanks for allowing us to, to even record this right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we also, uh, randomly won prizes, uh, 
so we got we got no. those those uh, breast cancer towels, those pink breast cancer towels, which are dope. And then we got this like pair of sunglasses uh, of Was- of Washington football team sunglasses that were surprisingly effective uh, at blocking out the sun. They were uh, slick too for giveaway. Yeah, I kind of like them. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was really cool. I've never won anything at a baseball stadium or at a stadium before, so that was really dope. Uh, the atmosphere at FedEx Field, if you've not been, uh, is super electric. Uh, and uh, despite Dan Snyder's best efforts to put together a uh, horrible football team, uh, the fans still came out to support. Uh, and uh, it was it was really cool, to, especially on like the, the first or second drive when Jameis Winston yep. threw that first interception. Uh, that was really really cool. Uh, yeah, we I, we I know I had a, I know I had a great time. Um, so you know we got we got to do that again sometime. Well, we're talking about going to the Tampa game. Let's see if we can get that organized because I want to see Tom Brady. I want to see. I want to say mm-hmm. that I at least saw Tom Brady once. You know, like going to see yeah. LeBron play or you know one of the greatest. Because I think that'd be. I think that'd be special. I think it'd be something. Even if they they he throws for five touchdowns, I think it'd be kind of in, incredible to see the best ever. Yeah, the goat, right? I mean, the the whole stadium was just bumping. You guys had a couple turnovers that your defense forced, and I feel like every time, all the fans were just like up, going nuts. I mean. It got out of hand towards like the very end of the game for y'all, but I like a good amount of people actually stuck around to the very end of it, and I was like pretty surprised because like at one point it was you know clearly the game's out of reach, but everybody was just like, "Now nah, we're here for the long haul." So way different than MetLife, I will, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah! Shout out, shout out to Shannon, uh, who was the who was the fan behind us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were you were fun. Uh, and thank you for being a teacher i know that's hard yeah now we're going to keep it local though um i want to talk about lamar jackson man this dude is literally the entire engine he's the engine the hood the wheels the chassis you know of this entire baltimore team and like this is a team that lost uh, Marcus Peters to an ACL. They lost. They lost Gus Edwards, who was a backup. They lost J.K. Dobbins in the preseason. We talked about like they're missing a, a ton of good players. Their rookie wide receiver hasn't even stepped on the field yet, and like they're just they're grinding out wins. I mean, four hundred and was it four hundred and fifty-two yards last night? Eighty percent pass completion, and like five total touchdowns or something like that. Oh, it's even it's even better. Eighty five percent pass completion from Lamar. The lo- the highest pa- uh, completion percentage for a quarterback who has attempted forty passes of all time. Good lord. Do you, AJ? You think the league figured has figured out Lamar Jackson yet? Apparently not. Uh, <laughs> my man's was out here making dudes look stupid. Like with his, and he only ran for sixty yards this game instead of his usual a bazillion. Uh, but he, uh, you know, but he got it done in the, from the pocket. And what's interesting is that, you know, the first part of the game, the Colts really seemed to do a pretty good job of containing him in that pocket and not letting him not not letting him escape. You know, the, the defensive line for the Colts uh, was very disciplined in order to, to, you know, to force him into that passing game. And Lamar just kind of said, oh, OK, if, if that's how it's going to be, uh, that's how it's going to be. And he just, you know, that boy don't miss. That boy don't miss. Even under pressure, he don't miss. And, uh, you know, they, they were helped out by the Colts making some mistakes. Uh, you know, they had the – I think the Colts kicker had a hip injury he was trying to kick through, um, which resulted in some uh, – a missed at least one missed extra point and uh, yep. a missed field goal. 
And then you had Calais Campbell come up with a hero play of blocking uh, a, a field goal attempt at the last second in the fourth quarter uh, that sent the game to overtime. So, um, I mean, it was, it was, that was an exciting, it was a completely exciting game. The Ravens were down by three scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, they worked their way all the way back. And, uh, and, you know, you, you just love to see it. Lamar Jackson currently has more total yardage this year than 18 NFL football teams. He has more yardage by himself. That's, that is, that is, I don't even know what to say about that. The man, the kid, the kid is unreal. He's, he's 24 years old. He's a cheat code, man. Mm. Lauren, what'd you, what'd you think, man? Did you see the game last night? Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. So I actually saw the second half on. Um, so the that sounds it sounds about right what AJ said from the highlights I've seen where they were they were keeping him in the pocket. I think with they they went into that hurry up there in the uh in at the end of the third and the end of the fourth, and they just got like the Colts defense just looked gone like just so tired. You could tell you could tell that during the fourth they looked tired. And I was like, Oh, this is about to be a long night. And they're chasing Lamar. Lamar's extending plays, 442 yards passing. He was averaging 10 yards a throw. I mean, four touchdowns, uh, rushed for six, carried the ball 14 times for 62 yards. You know, hit Mark Andrews for 11 receptions for 147 yards. And same with Marquise Brown for 125. You know, he kind of just, and both, both those guys had two touchdowns as well. You know, he just dialed up the right plays at the right time. And he, you, you know, he, they, they they were smart in that uh, they kept they they kept running that two minute offense. They were just like, we're gonna stick with it and go to it. And I think this is something I was thinking about earlier. Um, those coaches, those brothers, John and Jim, and uh, I think it's John up there with Baltimore right now. Har- the Harbaugh brothers. They uh, man, you can tell that they like they like tailor the their 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 selves to the players they have. Right. Like you got one that got Kaepernick to, to take Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. You got you got yep. John out here. You could tell their relationship is just in, in you know, incredible just on the field, watching them win, walk off, uh, walk off with that win. He had 140 yard passer rating. I mean, yeah, the NFL has clearly clearly figured him out. Um, You know, they've got they, they're, they're stopping <laughs> him, you know, all day, I guess. Um, But, yeah, no, he it was it was an incredible night. It was electric. It was so much fun. Um. I have to get up early on Tuesdays, but I even I stayed up I stayed up as late as I could to uh to to watch that game go into overtime just because you knew something you you felt the momentum shift you know you just knew something yeah. magical was going to happen and Lamar's Lamar's must see TV you know so yeah, yeah shout out to uh, to our special our special Ravens correspondent Jake uh, who uh, joined us last week who was uh, who was at the game uh, and you know out of his mind uh with 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 joy to watch that game also shout out to uh john harbaugh i don't know if this is on purpose uh or if it was if if, if this just happens to be the case but uh my man sent uh right after the colts missed the the field goal at the end of the game or at the end of the fourth quarter that would have that would have sealed the victory for them uh he sends out all-time uh great uh nfl kicker uh justin tucker to uh do the coin flip <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that was a troll. Uh, since Justin Tucker is basically automatic, and they had missed two, uh, three field goals that game. Uh, but if it was a troll, uh, it's greatest troll of all time. Uh, so shout out to him for that. <laughs> that had that had to be planned. In the words of Fangio, that's his mo. You know. <laughs> so I mean, I, I I won't even lie to y'all. So at first. I uh I was watching the first half for a bit and then they were down big and I was like, this is getting ugly. So I like turned it off and then um sure enough it's like in the fourth quarter and I'm like, wait a minute. I hopped on Twitter because like you guys are talking and I was like, 
this game is a lot closer than I remember it. I put that thing on my phone on the app so quick. I was streaming that bad boy. I was like, uh uh-uh. Man, that touchdown to Marquise Brown right there on the right side of the end zone to cap it off was just, that's a hell of a throw. And he was moving, too, when he made that throw. So, nah, shout out Lamar Jackson for for epic-ass night. Yeah, just for being amazing. Yeah, I mean, you players like him are once in a lifetime to watch. Oh, you, you know, know, you know, what we didn't talk about we didn't talk about the actual football game that we went to go watch. Um, just just to just to recap that game, uh, <laughs> Washington. First of all, Taylor Heineke did not play well in that game. Uh, that's not the best I've seen him. That was him. Uh, he was late on th- late on a lot of throws. Uh, you know, people were saying that Terry McLaurin was getting shut down or whatever, but he wasn't. He he was open, uh, and the throws, the balls were just behind him, so he couldn't catch it. Um, Terry McLaurin actually had a pretty good game. And then, uh, you know, some baffling things on defense. Uh, Eric, I don't think I've ever seen uh, – I, I don't think I've ever been so shocked uh, to see that Hail Mary pass at the end of the first half uh, where Jameis Winston just rocked back and whipped it down the field 50 yards. Uh, that – so, so so far, what I've seen on on Twitter is that um, that is the lowest. Like it was, there was the odds of the odds of him making that catch were nine percent, uh, I think. Uh, and also, you had the baffling uh, the baffling uh, uh, observation that none of the Washington defenders were in the air when the ball went to the got to the the end zone, like just like. It, and I remember, like, as the play was happening, uh, I looked I looked at you to be like, did that just happen? And your jaw was just, like, on the floor. Eric's jaw was just on the floor. Like, like just completely speechless, bro. It was the craziest thing. Uh, I, I Like, just just hor- horrendous play from the defense on that play. The secondary got burned uh, once in the first half uh, after an- yet another broken down yep. coverage that it yep. keeps happening to them every single game. Like, there's at least one play where the – uh, the the off, opposing offense just throws the ball like sixty yards down the field for a touchdown. Uh, Landon Collins is nowhere to be found. Uh, it, you know it's just at a certain point you got to think get this guy off the field. We've got Jeremy Reeves uh, languishing in the on the practice lounge right now, who's uh, who locked it down for us last year when when Landon Collins went out. And I just don't understand the decision behind that because you know I, I understand you're paying Landon Collins twenty twenty million dollars a year, but the thing is he's making twenty million dollar mistakes, and it's not it's not a little bit he's doing that he's doing it constantly so you got it you got to get him off the field man he just hurts the whole defense um but lauren you want to you want to share any of your observations on that game yeah no we should have they should have won that game um two you they had two turnovers early they should they should have been touchdowns heineke was the overthrowing guys missing guys you know he had a there's a fam, there's a clip going around right now on twitter where he had uh carter open on open on a, a post route and he was rolling right and he just overthrew him and it, that easily could have been picked um yeah no i've never seen um a Hail Mary live. And so I went to go get some more beverages right before halftime. And uh, I came back. I, I watched, I was standing there at the bottom of the steps, watching it live, him scramble, drop back and then launch it. And I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden I see them jump. And I was like, he really just caught that. And the, the, the amount of air that left the stadium in that moment was unreal. Like you could feel it. Like you could just Feel the soul, everybody's soul just leaving their body because we had like a fighting chance. Like our defense mm-hmm. had played, had had two, two, two turnovers. Our offense wasn't playing great, but like we weren't down by much. I can't remember what the score was at half. We weren't down by much. And then he threw that and you were just like, you're just sitting there like, 
how? And, and like AJ said, the, no one jumped. We got one guy with one foot off the ground. He like sort of halfway, you know, and they were like, oh, we were thinking they were going to kick a field goal. And it's just, and I was like, I, I heard that excuse. And I was like, so? I was like, that doesn't mean you don't go run down there and jump. Like, they're like, oh, we, we set him up to kick a field goal. I was like, you're still a safety. Like, you still got to cover deep. Like, you still got to go cover them. That's an idiotic statement because it's like, it's the NFL. You know the packages that are coming in there. You know when they have a field goal package and when they don't have a field goal package out there. Like, the special teams wasn't on the field. So what did you think they were going to do? Like, that's that's insane. It's 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 just so infuri- – that play was just so infuriating on so many levels. I yeah, wouldn't hold you all about thing- that. Go ahead, Eric. No, I just, I just like I, all your cornerbacks were literally the your outside cornerbacks are the only excused ones from that entire play because they they had to run the most. But both your safeties did nothing. They, they, there was only uh, one guy usual, down there. Usual. There was only one receiver down there. Like he's not Megatron. Like they don't they don't have that in in on the Saints. Like just just completely baffling play it was a lot of fun to watch I, i'll be honest but but it, but i mean yeah just a, it looked like a bad play right I'm, like it looked like something yeah. you drop in madden yeah. and, it, and it works right you just randomly are just like <laughs> i'm just gonna go deep and then just you just you do it and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it works like that's exactly what it looked like like the player's hand going through the ball defender's hand going through the ball to smack <laughs> you down the receiver catches it you know <laughs> he's got a broken leg or whatever but no they should have won that game taylor didn't play well at all he's if he'd uh, if he'd have played like he did in atlanta i think we had a shot at winning that for sure um, the defense finally kind of showed up a little bit there. Like Chase yeah. Young had some flashes, which was nice. I mean, not not that they, they had been showing up. I just mean Chase Young had flashes, which was nice to see and fun to see in real time, get after the quarterback. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just uh, it was, it was a little rough. Chase Young. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think I think that I had them winning that game going into it. I still think they should have walked away with the win. Just some inexcusable plays. I think the biggest thing that for me is. It's like uh, it's like, it, to me. It just seems like we keep doing the same thing over and over again, like week in and week out. For that defense, mm-hmm. that's what defense. Right. What I'm talking about, where we keep getting gashed, and it's like it's not like a one time thing. Like, oh, that happened like against the Bills. Okay, the Bills are the best, probably the, arguably one of the best teams right now in the NFL. No, it's happened weekly, week mm-hmm. in and week out. Some right. sort of breakdown happens in the secondary, and there's like AJ said, it's just automatic. They get they get a 60 yard bomb, some 60 75 70 yard bomb. For a touchdown, and then Landon Collins is standing there, running ten yards behind him. Everybody's looking at each other, all confused. So it's like, it, it, it's like, it, you know, it's it's one thing if you get beat and you're like, you're you're in the vicinity of the play, you know, right, right. But like these plays, the wide receiver is just he's out there by himself. Nobody, no, no one within ten yards of him. It's like, at some point, you you just don't. It, it's it's kind of hard to understand. Like we play we play touch football on the weekends. And like, even like, we don't have plays like that. That doesn't happen to us. Like we're doing, we run a, we, we run the same defense every play. It's a cover two. Like, it, <laughs> like it's not, it's not rocket science out here. And I just don't understand where the disconnect is happening. That this kind of thing keeps happening in a pro football game. What also got yeah, me well, too, we, is it's not like we're getting, we're not like we're getting beat by Deandre Hopkins. Like it's not like Deandre no. Hopkins went down there and mm-hmm. did that. They're just these exactly. random dudes. I'm like, who, who is that running free across <laughs> the secondary that we're making look like? Antonio Brown like why, why are these dudes just running free like and so it's just frustrating because it's like if we played a if we played like a DeAndre higher like Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins or like or, or you know the or, or the Buccaneers here when they come to town with Mike Evans and you know Mike Evans catches a Hail Mary it's like okay well that's Mike Evans like he's six ten and he can jump like 40 feet I mean 40 inches so like of course he might be able to get up there but like this random dude we can't just cover for like half a second like and 
And, and, and that's the other thing. They don't – the other big thing is the, the the refs swallow the whistle on those plays. They do not call pass they, – they do not call pass interference on those plays. So just grab them, pull them, do something, hit them. Even if you do call pass interference and they get the ball at the one, time's still running out, right? Like there there might be one – maybe yeah. you get one on time down or something, but it's still better than – I'd rather do you see that happen because there's some effort there than them yeah, just, exactly. then just get a walk-off 60-yard touchdown pass when we make Jameis yeah. Winston look like Brett Favre. <laughs> the most baffling thing about let's say like let me start off with these i think it was like 60 or 65 yard bomb to marquez calloway like in the middle of the first half quarter mm-hmm. like watching the highlights i you can literally see the moment where the cornerback is calling over to landon collins and landon collins kind of like looks over it <laughs> but his he hasn't opened his hips He's he was shallow as hell to begin with as a single high safety. He was super shallow. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he's clearly cheating for the run. And then by the time Marquez Callaway he like flips his hips to chase after him, Callaway is already ten yards behind him. Mm-hmm. So like the only reason Collins even shows up in the frame is because Callaway had to slow down to catch the ball. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. just torch my man. But I'm like, one that's horrible safety play, just from a positioning perspective. Like mm-hmm. you clearly don't have the unaware- awareness to play open field, um, if you're going to be like ten yards from the line of scrimmage, and not even try to backpedal before the before the snap. Then, secondly, your awareness has to be absolutely abysmal for you to miss the assignment when the cornerback is literally going, "He's coming deep," or he, mm-hmm. he must have said something like that. He must have said, "Crossing, coming in, behind you." I mean, if someone tells me behind you, I've never played safety, but I know keep the play in front of me, so I'm gonna haul ass backwards. Exactly, exactly. Because I need I need to keep everybody in front of me. And Collins was just super slow, didn't understand the assignment, like terrible. The Hail Mary pass is even more baffling because mm-hmm. let's all right, sure. You thought field goal. I don't see a kicker come out. They they're bring out the same offense. If Alvin Kamara is in the backfield, I'm going, oh, this they're probably not kicking this right now. I've never seen Kamara kick a ball. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if as a safety, I'm automatically going to assume I'm going to play the deep ball because you got eight seconds left before half. <laughs> we, we just scored a field goal to bring it within like a score, a single score game. Let's just, you know, we'll play the smart. Or if anything, I would have accepted, like I would accept the – the uh, excuse that they were going to think, oh, we thought they were going to run a draw play so we just run out the clock. Like, sure, fine. Sell out for the run because you think that's what it's going to be. Maybe I'll give you some credit, but are you telling your fans that they thought it was a field goal? That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a high school team mistake a field goal unit for an offensive unit. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they thought, they thought what they, so what the, they thought the, uh, what New Orleans was going to do. The coaching staff said this, Ron Rivera said this this morning, live on his interview on the sports junkies that uh, he thought that since they had eight seconds left, they were going to take a shot at the middle of the field to try to get like 10, 15 yards or 20 yards and then go for and then kick a field goal. So like that was that, that was their thinking. So they were like, Oh, we'll just play prevent the middle of the field. But I guess they forgot they have to cover the back of the field as well. Or, you know, that was a wasn't there like eight seconds left there was yeah no left. i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you don't get me wrong they but that's just what run. they said this morning that that's you can only run one play with eight seconds left you're not going to get another play out of that and no no competent coach is going to like 
try and get a chunk play down the middle of the field so they can kick a field goal with eight seconds. Because by the time the receiver's down the end of the other end of the field, the game's over. Like, yeah, yeah, the time's just, on. Just, yeah, no, I just baffling. I want to be what I really want to be. I was thinking about the traveling home from work is a fly on the wall in that DB room with Landon Collins and be like. Mm-hmm. Boy, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I want to know. I really want to know. Like, because, because let's just say, let's think, let's like, because he keeps. He, so here's what I'm sitting here thinking, right? And you guys can tell me I'm wrong and stupid. He's got to be doing what the coaches are telling him or something, right? Because how does he keep ending up on the field? If the coaches are like, "Oh no, you you're doing what we told you," and he keeps mm-hmm. ending up on, like, how does he keep? How do you keep trotting him out there and being like? And the coaches be like, "Nah, it's fine. It's cool. He's doing what we said." And then it's just like, "Well, then that's a terrible if." What you know, like it, I only thing I could think is in that in the coach's room, in the meeting room, they're just like, Hey Landon, uh yeah, your uh responsibility was the run on that play. That guy beating you deep wasn't your fault. It's just like, how is that even excusable? It just doesn't make sense to me. It just I'm right. sitting here trying to figure out why he keeps getting so much playing time. And it just that's the only like option I can come up with in my head. The coach is just like, No, that was on me. You I put you in a bad spot to to and I made you look bad. That's the only thing I can think, or or the coaches just love him. Or something, because because I, I can't it, – it, it baffles me he keeps ending up on the field. They're like – Ron's like – and then Ron at some point was like, who else are we going to turn to? Anybody else. Turn to anybody else at this point. I'm I'm okay with you turning to to, to me, you know? Like, I'll run out, I'll run out there behind I'll – get, I'll get Landon Collins' paycheck to run behind receivers. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I can't get I – can't, I can't fill the hole like you can, but – yeah, I was gonna say, don't ask me to play no run defense, but I'll, I'll look. I, will, I I can let somebody not get behind me. I know how to do that. It's not that difficult, bro. It's really not. Well, either the coaches really like him, or he's listening to them what they're saying, or he must have some really bad emails from on Jack Del Rio or something. So. That's got to be what it is. <laughs> it's got to be emails, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was a rough. I so I'll say William Jackson, who you guys just signed this offseason. I think he's been I think he's been solid. I think he's yeah, had a he good season. Been, he's been great. Uh you guys got a rookie on the other side, if I'm not mistaken? No, no, it's Kendall Kendall Fuller, who's oh, played Fuller. last year. Right. Yeah, that's right. he played last year and he's he's actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's playing pretty and well. Then we do have Saint we do have Saint Juice. You do you're right about that. Saint, Saint Juice, Juice is out there as well. Saint Juice. He got yeah. injured, but uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago. But he, I think he played this 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 uh, this past Sunday. And he's gonna have some growing pains as you go through it. But literally, your safeties are literally what what are killing you right now. That back end. Mm-hmm. I mean, you well, got to make plays. Cam curls. Cam curls a beast. That's he. He and Reeves held it down last year. That's why I'm saying. Get Jeremy Reeves in the game. I don't know why he's on the practice squad, just just wasting away, and making minimum my salary. Is if when he, he should be on the field. If he's on the practice squad, any team can come sign him. Exactly at any time. Exactly. So so all that all, well, all that has to do is a, another starting strong safety or free safety goes out and they go, oh, we, they've got Reeves. Reeves got NFL experience, like he's played. We'll sign him. The only the only stipulation is when, and this is a good thing. Once they pick him up, they have to sign him to the active roster. So like right. they could just sign him and he could he could go play for him. I mean, guys go down every week in the NFL. There's gonna be openings at some point. Some point, so I think personally, I think someone's gonna come get him at some point as the season yeah, goes that, on. Look, that's that's what happened to uh to one of our other great uh you know pretty good DBs was uh Jimmy Moreland, who uh yep. you know was like he was relegated to practice squad this year and he was immediately signed as soon as we put him on there. It was like the rosters came out like three days later. He's he's, he's where did who did he play for? Who did he go to? Atlanta. He went to Atlanta. Texan. Oh, okay. He went to ATL. 
I, no, I think he did go to Houston. No, no, I think you're right. Sorry, was, it is Houston. It is. Yeah. Houston. Sorry. Which and that's a said, that's uh, a catch for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. And he's and he's he started. He's played well. There you go. Now I want to transition from that um, and talk about injuries because there is some. There were a pretty decent amount of injuries this past week uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think the head, the main headliners, first of all, uh, Saquon Barkley going down with the ankle injury. Mm. Um, and then Russell Wilson going out with a finger injury that required huge, surgeries. Huge last week. Man, I got us as a Jets fan, I'm loving it. We we traded we traded Jamal Adams for two first round draft picks from Seattle. And uh, that I'm, I'm hoping that turns into a top 15 pick. Um, in my experience, you can't count on Geno Smith. And the Seahawks are signing Blake Bortles, who I, I didn't even know he was still in the league. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a couple rough weeks for the Seahawks. What are you guys thinking? Oh, yeah, uh, Lauren? absolutely. Yeah, no, that's going to be bad. Uh, they're gonna, It's going to go from bad to worse. Um We'll see how well uh, Gino does, but I think the Seahawks are the Seahawks are are they're gonna tank. And those those picks those picks you're gonna keep sliding up the uh, the draft draft chart there. You know you're gonna go 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 get some top ten picks, uh, top ten picks from them. But I think that the uh, the the Seattle Seattle has been like bad except for Russell Wilson, right? Like Russell Wilson <laughs> was one of those guys that like you could you could have like a I said this on like one of our first podcasts when I think Green Bay lost. And it's like with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you could you could lose three or four games in a row with, but with Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna probably you're probably gonna tear off about six or seven, and you know find yourself battling for a playoff spot. It's the same thing with the, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson single handedly would get them eight to nine wins, eight to eight to nine wins a season just by himself. And so I think uh, losing him is huge. I think they're gonna. I, I just. Yeah, I, I'm just um, – this is going to sound really mean probably, really bad. I'm just crossing my fingers. He's still out when we play them on Monday night, and we just we just tear Geno Smith apart. So our D-line just rips him to shreds. But what do you think, AJ? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, these injuries are, are a big deal. Uh, it's a problem. And um, I think uh, the Russell Wilson thing, I think you're right. They've been pretty much bad with except for him. Um, uh, I will say that obviously DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are are amazing, and they've been play- they've been playing really well. But – Gotta have somebody get them the ball. Now, Geno Smith did that well uh, last week, um, and so like you know, it's 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 you know you can't really sh- you can't really be sure how it's going to affect uh, their performance on Sunday. Maybe Geno Smith comes out and uh, just is that guy again, uh, but then again, maybe not. Um, and so uh, so yeah, those those injuries are big. Uh, I just want to prep prep this uh, this uh, this statement here that got some got some the Chiefs are also suffering from a pretty high amount of injuries. Um, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Joe Tooney or Thooney. Um, Thooney actually fractured his hand. He's questionable this week. Travis Kelsey wow. had a, had a stinger. Uh, he's questionable this week. Tyreek Hill also, uh, had a minor knee injury on Sunday. On Sunday. He's, they, they're saying right now he's not expected to miss any time. Um, but you know, that's something to keep, keep in mind. They've also got a defensive tackle out, uh, and a corner. Uh, but then the big one is, uh, they just put Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the injured reserve. So he won't, we won't yeah. be seeing him. Uh, when they come to Washington, so uh, you know, I, just just prepping that you know, these injuries, these injuries are you know they're going to add up, uh, especially with, on a Chiefs team that has been struggling recently. So now, do you guys think the league figure out Mahomes? 
I think they figured out that defense. I think they didn't pay anybody on that defense, and so they're they're like Swiss cheese back. They're like they're they're trying to be trying to be just as good as Washington's defense is right now, uh, and try to rank <laughs> rank worse than us. Uh, I think we're thirty first. I think overall, and they're they're either right there with their thirtieth or thirty second. They're one of the two, so they're right there with us. But um, no, I think that they they. Mahomes has always got if he as long as he has Tyreek and some of those and Kelsey he's probably always that, that offense is probably always going to be lethal but yeah. I think that uh, I think Mahomes is going to uh, I think I think they're still trying to figure out Mahomes he's going to I think when he come well we'll talk about this later when he comes to town it's going to be a get right game for, game for him but anyway yeah I mean it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how some of these teams manage some of the Daniel Jones went down for uh, New York too. Yeah. So they lost Saquon yep. and Barkley, and I think if I if I heard right, even Kenny Galladay is is injured. Really? Um, wow. So that's I mean these injuries are piling on for a lot of these teams. And, uh, we'll see how we'll see what happens. I think. Um, did you guys do you guys hear anything about your rookie right tackle Cosme? Is he all right? Or because I remember he went out in the I, game too. I have not I have heard not anything heard. about Cosme actually. Yeah, it's I think I heard an serious. update earlier. From uh from Jay, I think I I said Jay. Wow, I think I heard an update earlier from Ron when he talked this morning. But um, I think he said he still has to go. When they talked to Ron this morning, um, on the sports junkies, he said they that he's Cosby still has to go see the. He was going to go get checked out at the doctor. Uh, go see a doctor oh. this morning, a specialist. But I can't remember what they said his injury was. So it's, it's hopefully an it's nothing it's too an, serious. Oh, it's, it's an, an ankle, ankle injury. Yeah. Unclear. Oh, wow. Unclear what it is yet. So I mean, I like it. I like the rookie man. I think he's been playing pretty pretty tough lately he has been he's been he's been playing really well yeah and then it sucks to see that y'all y'all couldn't have uh diami brown last this past week either because i really like that rookie too so we'll see a lot of injuries coming up piling up on teams and stuff well then uh i was just looking here juju smith schuster you know he's gone for the season yeah he's out Uh, for the season that's huge looks like uh looks like last night uh Joe Burrow visited the local hospital after suffering a potential throat contusion. Goodness. And mm, so he said they should seriously. be fine. But yeah, like yesterday was a, yesterday, a lot of injuries, um, a lot of injuries across the NFL. You saw, you saw what Packers QB Aaron Rodgers said to, uh, to, to, to Burrow it was like, bro, you got to slide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah. At the end of the game there, where he was like, right, look, you, you, you need to be around for a long time. You better slide sometimes, bro. Cause yeah. cause yeah, yeah, you better get down. Yeah, Tom Brady. He's Tom like, Brady spotted with ice on on his hand during the, during the game, dealing with a thumb injury. Oh, yeah. So wow. I mean, he should. They say he's gonna be good for Thursday night football, but that's just because he's so old that it. if he gets too hot, his skin will just melt off. <laughs> <laughs> the necrotic magic is wearing off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, I'm hoping some of these, you know, some of these key players. Uh, we'll say for the Chiefs, we hope they miss uh, the, at least a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll pick it up from there. But uh, real quick, just because, um, just just as a recap from last week's episode, uh, I know the Major League Baseball's playoffs are currently still underway. Uh, Red Sox, I know, beat the Yankees. Um, but you guys got an update on that? Like, wh- what are we looking at right now for MLB? Uh, yeah, so so we've got um, the uh, the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in the wild card. The uh, Sox advanced to uh, take on the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, and they actually beat them in three games, which I did not see coming. I know that. 
um, which, uh, you know, it's pretty remarkable, especially uh, I think I saw one of the coolest plays I've ever seen in baseball uh, in, in, in their you know, league division series when uh, Randy Rosarena stole home plate, uh, which is such like a sandlot, like such a cool thing to do. Like that was that was really dope. Uh, but despite his best efforts, uh, the, the Red Sox were, were able to pull that series out. So uh, they have um, they have advanced to take on the Houston Astros, uh, who defeated the White Sox in the other uh, American League game. On the National League side, uh, the wild card was won by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and I think what we said was that if the St. Louis Cardinals won that game, that the Cardinals would win this series. It's They're still locked in a close battle against uh, San Francisco. I believe it's 2-1 uh, San Francisco right now. Uh, Max Scherzer just pitched a really nice uh, game. Uh, but despite his best efforts and his 10 uh, strikeouts in that game, um, the San Francisco Giants won it one to nothing. It means the Dodgers could not provide any run support, and that's really surprising with guys like Mookie Betts on your team. So, um, you know, Mookie Betts and 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 um, you know all the other power hitters they have there. So that, that was that was kind of um, that was kind of surprising. The uh, Brewers and uh, the Atlanta Braves are taking each other on right now as we speak. It's tied four to four in the top of the eighth. Atlanta leads the series two to one. Damn. Now, with 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 the like the opening round of playoffs, kind of like on the tail end of things, who 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 are your favorites to to end up in the final, Lauren? Who do you got? Who do you think is uh, most likely to be there? Uh, Houston. I mean, Houston's a well-oiled machine right now. I don't see them getting stopped by anybody really. Uh, I because I ha- I like Chicago, but man, Houston's Houston's firing all cylinders. Um, I. Man, I want to say that I want to say um, that I, I it's probably going to be the Giants coming out of the uh, coming out of the other side. I, I bet it is. They I bet they beat the Dodgers and beat whoever wins the Atlanta Milwaukee series. But I I'd like my 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 uh, what is it? My head saying San Francisco, but my heart wants the Dodgers to get there because because uh, of Max and Trey Turner. So yeah. that's what I that's probably who I see see coming see playing uh, playing for the the pennant. But AJ. Yeah, I, I think um, probably the safe money is on is on uh, is on the Astros. Uh, the but the uh, you know I also kind of want to see those Dodgers win just because they have all those Nats players. Uh, you know Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Uh, I also I love seeing Mookie Betts play. He had a great spectacular play a couple of games ago uh, where he cut off a ball in left center, uh, wheels around in a circle, and just fires this absolute missile to third base to tag out the um, the runner who's not who's not slow by any means. Who tried to tag up at second base? It was, uh, uh, it was an amazing play. He's got a cannon out there, um, and uh, you know he's he's also no slouch at the plate. So uh, I hope I hope the Dodgers win it, but I think Houston is probably emerging as the as the favorite here. Damn, we well, got to keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, get an update on 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 the second on the next round uh, for the next episode for sure. But hopefully. Hopefully, since you guys both want the Dodgers to come out of left field and get and uh, win that round, uh, hopefully they pull it off for y'all. Speaking of coming out of left field, AJ, I think you know what time it is. Ah, uh, you know when they don't know where else to uh, turn on the Go Deep podcast. When they're done roasting Stephen A. Smith or Tony Dungy, or when the Twitter discourse, like a storm, has finally passed and the sunshine of clarity puts an end to the discursive rain delay. Only then do they call me, AJ Claiborne, out of the bullpen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Out of Left Field. For those of you who may not have heard the story yet, former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden, 
who has had a long and fairly successful career in the NFL, was forced to resign from his position in a matter of days following devastating news stories in the Wall Street Journal and, the, uh, and then the New York Times right after. Those two organizations were able to obtain some emails in which Gruden used racist, misogynistic, and homophobic language to demean players, referees, union leadership, and even NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Now, while I, could, I couldn't possibly care less about the personal feelings of resident ghoul in charge, Mr. Goodell, I think it's safe to say that Gruden's casual attitude towards tossing around poisonous language is reprehensible on its face. I do not feel sorry for, for John Gruden, and neither should you. But I do think it's very important that we identify precisely what this scandal is and precisely what it is not. What it is not is the NFL doing anything good or right or just. Or at the very least, the, mi this, the minor justice in Gruden's firing is probably more of a side effect than it is the actual point of the whole exercise. What this is, in my opinion, is a bit of internal politicking. Here's what probably happened. One or another, or even a group of NFL executives did not like John Gruden for whatever reason. Maybe it was some unforgivable slight from the past, or maybe Goodell himself saw the emails and grew angry and leaked these emails to the press in order to ensure that Gruden got the ax. Why this is significant in my mind is that we have all just been granted a small window into the candid frat boy world of the NFL. The reason I am cynical about the league's intentions in all this is because John Gruden is 150% not the NF only NFL authority figure who speaks and acts this way. If Gruden talked that way with Bruce Allen, you better believe he talked with others like it, like him. He was not the only one casually insulting the players and authorities uh, whom he was in a position to lead. I want to talk about the larger aspect of this little scandal, which I think might be missed by the casual observer. It should be noted that the petard upon which John Gruden has been hoisted was made public because of the NFL's investigation into the Washington football team and its pervasive miasma of sexism in the work environment. Gruden was emailing disgraced former Washington football team president Bruce Allen, while Gruden himself was then employed as a color guy and a commentator for ESPN. Now, this past offseason, after some stunning reporting done by the Washington Post on the Washington football team and its aforementioned sexist miasma, the NFL commissioned a report which was meant to detail the results of, of, uh, of that investigation. This report was buried and has, as of yet, not seen the light of day. Likely, this is because the NFL just needed a sword of Damocles to hold over the head of chief, uh, the head of chief worm and ostensible owner of the Washington football team, Daniel Snyder, who has been sidelined within his own organization. My prediction is that this report will continue to be locked deep within the secret vaults of the NFL headquarters, guarded by a three-headed dog and a crocodile-infested moat, and then probably a sphinx uh, that will kill you if you can't guess this riddle. This will occur despite the numerous and righteous calls from journalists, fans, the NFL Players Union, and most importantly, the women who were sexually harassed while they attempted to go about their business working in Ashburn, Virginia for the Washington football team. And so you see, oh casual observer, I believe my skepticism is justified. While various sports anchors will huff and profess, in some cases, righteous indignation, here's looking at you, Keyshawn Johnson, others may hem and haw and make absolutely premature and inane calls for forgiveness. Shout out to Tony Dungy. The outrage and disappointment is not really the point. It was merely the excuse necessary to allow some petty internal politics to play out in the NFL's front office. And as the performances play out in the news cycle this week, I would exhort you, O oh Observer, just as in any game of sports involving various spherical or ovoid objects hurtling rapidly and beautifully through the night sky, keep your eyes on the ball. This has been Out of Left Field. Uh, guys, let's talk about this scandal because uh, it was a rapid downfall for John Gruden. Um, Eric. What has been your thoughts as you've been watching this this thing happen over the course of like three days? 
Oh, dude, there's so many layers to this to this thing, right? Um, from my own personal experience, so I, I studied sports management when I was at Towson, right? Um, and my whole hopes and dreams were to like, you know, eventually find a way to finagle and position myself to work on an NFL team or whatever. Um, but I was constantly reminded that like, it didn't matter that I had the piece of paper saying that I got this degree. It didn't matter that I was in the DMV where there's like six or seven different sports teams work for. It was always a matter of who, you know, right. Are you part of the good old boys club? Um, and like, you know, the last name like Ramirez, it's always hard for you to break into it just because I'm not, you know, I'm not John Smith or something like that. Um, so it was a bit, it, you know, I, I'm looking at it from the outside now where, like you said, they have like that frat boy kind of thing going on, the gentleman's club up there. Everybody knows everybody. These coaches are always getting jobs no matter, like, no matter how bad they are, unless you're Adam Gase, then you get blackballed at some point. But Man, I, I'm 100% convinced that the only reason they decided to fire Gruden and make it such a public thing was because they were hoping it would help sweep the Washington investigation under the rug. <laughs> and it blew up in their face because now we're all like, yo, we need to see this report. Like, this investigation didn't go through all this for nothing. Like, there has to be something there. But they know that if they show it, the shitstorm that's coming their way is going to be a thousand times worse. So, I mean, I'm curious to see if the league and Goodell especially folds under the pressure that the media is giving them on, like, we need to see their support. Like, there's there's no excuse for Washington's investigation to not be released to us. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer that once that comes out, it's going to be ugly. Like, just heads are going to roll. And, uh I kind of, I kind of hope it happens, but I mean, that's my two cents on it. Lauren, what you thinking? Yeah, no, I think uh, AJ was spot on in the sense that if you zoom out, you realize kind of what they, what, what the NFL really did just now is they have over six, 600, uh, 650,000 emails that have Lord only knows what else on them. Right. And I, like AJ said, there was someone who, someone, someone, I think Roger Goodell saw that John called them a, a word, to the homophobic slur uh, and uh, was like, oh, he needs to go. I, I, so I've been listening to guy. I've been listening to sports radio all day, and a guy called in who used to play for John Gruden, or not called in, but they interviewed Booger McFarland. And Booger McFarland said that John's personality is not for everyone. He said he he is a jerk. Like he will rub you the wrong way. Like you got to get to like like. And so he just kind of does whatever he wants and says whatever he wants. So I think. But somehow behind closed doors in that boys, old good old boys club, he did something someone didn't like. And the NFL now has these emails and they can just so. And I think some of the reason they're not releasing it is because they're holding all the cards now. They have these emails. They're holding these cards like, OK, John, really? You're going to come at us? Boom. Play that card. Goodbye. You know, now That's they have. And now who, who, who else knows what's on these emails? We, we don't know. Why aren't they? Re- and then because why aren't they releasing him? Because they can hold it and just wait, like, go ahead. And I think maybe that's why the um, – I don't know if the owners were real resistant to the NFL looking into looking into Dan. Or this is, I mean, they've all got skeletons in their closet. If that's anything you know at this point, they're all doing some shady stuff. They're, they're, they're like monster human beings. Like if Robert Kraft proved any of that going to the salon ordeal, things like that, like I guarantee you there's more on those emails and the NFL is holding it like step out of line and see what happens. 
And so I think that uh, they they're just they're just waiting. They now they have them and they have access to it. And it's just I mean it's just disgusting. The the and what's worse is that it kind of feels like the we can't <laughs> kind of feels like the Washington football team can't keep their name out of the headlines for just horrible things. Last week with the DEA kicks in our door, arrest our oh head our, arrest our head trainer for selling drugs apparently or something. You know who knows? We still don't know that. I don't still don't know what happened there. Um, and then we got um. And then now we got this week, anytime I turn it on, it's these emails were from Washington football team because of the horrible things that were going on there. And it's just like, man, we can't, we can't, and, you know, kind of, kind of feel bad for Ron a little bit in the sense that like for this and in, in this instance, cause he just was like, well, this happened when I wasn't here. Like I, I you know, and, but our name's getting dra- dragged in front of everything and associated with it. So my final point on this, my final point has to be that, uh, the media seems to just have brushed over that uh, Bruce Allen at the time was sending topless photos of cheerleaders to other owners, other GM. Well, we, we honestly don't know who he was sending them to. That's just our assumption because they're, they're scumbags of the earth to even do to, to even do that. So the NFL has to, the NFL has to know that they have these these cards and they just like. You know, that's that kind of like that. That's what makes me think because he was sending them to somebody. He wasn't just sending them to to you know his wife. Look at all these great. Look at all these great topless women we have here at work. Like he was sending them to the other NFL GMs. Bet you it's a sick game they do. And and so you know that the NFL sitting there going, okay, we got you now. Like go ahead, someone else step out of line, some other owner. But uh, anyway, that's my that's my last talking point on that. I'll toss it back to AJ. Yeah, just just for the folks that um, that may not be quite as familiar with all the personalities here, uh, let me just say that uh, I'll give you a little timeline of exactly what's going on in this scandal here. So, um, so during the off season, this off season, uh, the Washington Post uh, published an expose uh, of some really great journalism that uh, um, gave a voice to um, a lot of the female employees that uh, worked for Washington, uh, the Washington Football Team um, in the past decade or so. Uh, who had been experiencing a extremely disgusting and high, like perva- a pervasive culture of sexual harassment um, at the workplace. Um, and uh, you, you can, you can look that up on your own. I'm not going to go into all the lurid details that, that are involved there. Uh, but needless to say, no woman should ever have to like experience any of that when she's going to work. Um, and uh, it was, it was just part of, part of the culture that was baked in. It's why there was a bunch of firings. It was, it's by, it's uh, when Ron Rivera came in at the beginning of last season um, and it's why, uh, you know, the team is doing what it can to preserve its uh, try and walk, try and walk a good line right now. That's all the Washington football team. The during this time of period, this period of time uh, uh, before Ron Rivera and his regime came in, the general manager and president of the company was Bruce Allen, who's a, a good buddy of Dan Snyder's. Uh, and uh, the reason why he's even involved in this situation is because Bruce, Bruce Allen uh, and um uh, John Gruden were had worked together in in Tampa Bay uh, for the for the Buccaneers back when they won their Super Bowl and you know so they're they're friends um, and so during this time during the time period where these when these emails were sent these you know these emails of uh, that that are, have resulted in John Gruden getting fired uh, John Gruden is actually an exec uh, he's working as a um, a color guy a color commentator and a and, a, and an anchor for football games for ESPN. Um, and so he's, you know, he, he's there to, to announce games and analyze football and that kind of stuff, but he's maintaining his contacts within the NFL. Uh, and he's sending emails to Bruce Allen's work email when he's working for the Washington football team. Um, and from, from John Gruden's personal account. 
that's one reason why I'm I'm super like sketched out by all these by all these uh you know all, all these allegations coming out right now. It's like he wasn't even employed by the league at, technically employed by the league at this time. We all know ESPN is sort of like a mill for uh you know producing analysts and all that kind of it, it, it's an incestuous revolving door relationship type of thing between ESPN and 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 the major sports leagues they cover. But all that aside, the point is John Gruden sends these emails uh, when he's not an NFL coach. Uh, to to Bruce Allen and in those emails he pretty much uh, insults everybody. Uh, he ha- he has sexist remarks, he has uh, racist remarks, he has homophobic remarks, uh, and he I think he calls Roger Goodell a pussy at one point. Um, like like all this like all this type of stuff. Um, he disparages uh, the decision of the NFL to have women referees. Um, he uh, he calls the um, president of the NFL Players Union, who's a black man, uh, he says he has uh, Michelin lips, referring to like the size of his lips, um, which is which is obviously racist. Uh, and then you know, there's they. I don't think the New York Times actually detailed it, but he has a bunch of uh, homophobic remarks uh, and slurs that he calls people at various points in the, in these emails. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, as Lauren was just referring to, they have he sends emails uh, that uh, he exchanges emails with Bruce Allen where he, they're they're basically. Um, ogling pictures of of uh, Washington football team cheerleaders uh, in which they are topless, and it's not entirely clear whether the, the consent was given for those photos as well. So it even has that sort of level of 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 um, sleaze to it, uh, you know. So, um, uh, and if you if you read the reporting on the Washington football team scandal, it was pretty clear that uh, the the team photographers were high, were taking pictures of the cheerleaders when they, when they were not um, when they shouldn't have. Um, when they were topless, uh, you know, just non-consensual naked photos like that. Um, so yeah, really disgusting behaviors on like multiple levels. Um, and then so John Gruden sending these emails when he's not in the league, he's exchanging them with Bruce Allen, who's the, uh, at the time, the GM of the Washington football team, sort of partaking in this really ugly behavior. So what you've got is basically the NFL gets, uh, does an investigation on the Washington football team recently that tries to take account of all of these lurid and uh, really horrible and disgusting uh, incidents and actions. Um, they, like I said, they bury the report in, in that they, uh, they're, they're basically sitting on it. Um, so they've got the results of that investigation that were conducted by an outside counsel, but never published uh, for the public consumption, um, which means that in, in, in the meantime, uh, uh, when uh, Washington football team president uh, Dan Snyder uh, who is who is an absolute worm and just one of the worst human beings uh, on the planet? Um, uh, when he when all this information is coming out, he's imp- he's implicated in it. Um, but the thing is, the thing that folks at home have to have to remember is that all of these teams are engaged in this kind of stuff. All these teams have these this sort of nonsense going on, uh, and the owners want to protect themselves as a class because they know that if one owner can be gotten rid of by any of these details becoming public then any of them can be gotten rid of. So they can't, they can't, you know, they have to have their class solidarity with each other to protect themselves. And so uh, what the league has done uh, in bearing this report um, and by firing Gruden is basically demonstrating that they can whip out any of this stuff anytime they want. Uh, and like I was saying, hold a sword of Damocles over one of the or- owners, um, you know, and if they get in any more trouble and they start causing trouble for the rest of the owners and you know, to the extent uh, like sort of like a Donald Sterling situation in the NBA, they can be got rid of. And all it takes is, is one of these reports to come out. Um, all it takes is a nice phone call to the New York times. Um, and, you know, and they're gone. Um, and that's what happened to Gruden. So, 
Um, so that, that's sort of a time, a breakdown of, of what's occurred so far. Um, do you, any of you guys have anything you want to add or, or details you might've heard that I've, that I've left out? I do real quick. I, I, not details that I might've heard something I just thought about. So I was, when I was um, driving home late last night, I was listening to the sports guy and he was saying that some of the emails also refer to, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember who Michael Sam is. He was the first openly gay yep, player yep. to get drafted. In the emails, John emails someone. I'm not sure who he's talking to and says, Roger Goodell pressured uh, the owner to draft him, like like was having meetings with him, telling him he has to draft Michael Sam. What I'm sitting here thinking is, I wonder what dirty secrets John knows about the NFL that they don't want out there right now either. Like what else are they, they're like, oh, no, we're not, we're not going to release that report. Like they, so my, my thinking is, as I sit here and think about it more, is there had to be consequences from the report. They're like, there had to be because, 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 you know, they have to find something. So this is just who they chose, who they chose to, to fall on the quote unquote sword, so to speak. So like, I, cause, cause I, I guarantee you, he knows stuff. He knows stuff that, that, that would, if it got out, the NFL would be in a lot of trouble. So I wonder how many of those emails right now are on those emails, things that he knows, like back, back room handshakes, back room deals that he knows, or things that he's emailed somebody that, that the NFL saw and was like, can't have that getting out about us. Because the, the one thing the NFL will always do is protect that shield. They're always going to protect that shield first. doesn't matter who they have to sacrifice. They're going to protect the shield. So protect their image. But over to you, Eric. Yeah, so the, the other thing, right, that I just thought about that is interesting to me, Roger Goodell signed a, con- a five-year contract extension in 2017. That means he signed till the end of the 2023 season, which is just two years away. So, like, you got, like Lauren was saying, you got all this dirt on these owners. Someone act up. Go ahead. Don't pay me next time. Don't worry. i get you on the way out. Bro, there's so many levels to this. I mean, it is astronomical. What we need is someone to go ahead and hack the hack the NFL servers or something and just leak it all, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Release it all. And and yep. I, I want to boost. I want to also. I want to do two things before we leave this topic. Uh, one, I want to boost the, um, you know, the pressure that um, other other um, parts of the league are putting on the NFL to release uh, the the results of the of the of the investigation of the Washington Football Team and release the emails as well. Um, the uh, NFL Players Association plans to pressure them to to do so. Uh, so the Players Union is going to do it. Um, the women who are sexually harassed uh, or you know victims of that sexually uh, horrendous environment in Washington and Ashburn um, are also have also released a statement through their attorney um, pressing for um, those emails to be all the emails to be released so that we can see exactly like all the, all the crappy things that those people were doing. Um, your Bruce Allen, your Dan Snyder's could come, could become public. Um, and uh, a lot of the fans I've seen, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of fans are like, I want to hear what was going on, you know? And, and the thing is, you know, you deserve to know, you deserve to know, um, Dave Zirin, who is a reporter, who's a sports reporter for the nation magazine, uh, has also been pressing for this kind of stuff as well. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, so I, I definitely recommend following him. Um, but yeah, it's not, you know, the NFL's a, uh, just like in any situation here, you know, um, there are good people uh, out there fighting the good fight. So, um, you know, it's, it's important to pay attention to them and, and provide whatever support you can if, 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 if the opportunity arises for you to support it. Um, but then in addition to that, I just want to take a second to appreciate all the really funny crap that's gone on uh, over the past couple of days about this. Uh, people have been noting that this is the second Gruden to get fired as a result of the Washington football team's nonsense. 
which is true. Jay Gruden, uh, the brother of John, was the coach of the Washington football team uh, before uh, Ron Rivera. Uh, <laughs> Ron Rivera was here. I, we talked about him last week uh, because he had a similar video to Urban Meyer where he was uh, like fondling some much younger woman at a club. Uh, what, what looked like he smoked what well, he was smoking a blunt right outside of a club. Uh, the only difference between the two of them is that nobody like Jay Gruden never had any pretensions of being anybody's role model. So we just kind of laughed at him and let it go. Uh, but that was uh, that was so. So he, he got run out of town because of the Washington football team. And now John is also out because of the Washington football team, sending emails to his buddy, Bruce Allen, uh, who uh, was also hilariously involved in this because, uh, you know, obviously he was the GM of Washington. But uh, he had this great comment when people asked him, you know, I don't remember what the question was the sports reporter asked him, but he Bruce's defense of the horrendous play of the Washington football team, the horrendous culture, like ev- all of the rot and just ugly misogynistic nonsense in the organization was the culture is damn good. That's what he said. Uh, and he's, he'll be forever remembered uh, for saying that stupid line. Uh, you know, the team wasn't winning games. The team wasn't doing anything positive. It was just a horrible rotten organization from the top to the bottom uh, when he said that. Uh, and, uh, so now you're getting a look at that, of that, of that culture that was so, that was so damn good. So, uh, uh, you know, hats off to you, Brucey. Uh, you know, you didn't provide any comments to the media and you probably shouldn't, you should never just go away and never talk to anybody ever again. Take your millions of dollars that you made as an exe- NFL executive and just leave us. I, I don't ever want to hear any, any, any word uttered by you in any way, shape or form ever again, please go die. Um, and uh, what else is really funny about this? Oh, the other, the other funny thing about the situation is like, these are grown men, right? These are like 40 or 50 year old men, like exchanging emails. And you've got John Gruden out here sounds like Donald Trump. Oh, 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 lion, lion D, lion, <laughs> the, the lion head of the, of the NFLPA, blah, blah, blah. Like he's got little epithets for them. And, and uh, you know, he's calling, he's calling, NFL executives, pussies or whatever, like, oh, these are the very serious people that, like, are very serious about running our football teams and all this kind of nonsense. Uh, what you've actually got is just a big, big old frat boy, ho- frat house uh, full of these, these assholes. So, like, this, like, I think it's important that we all collectively participate in the schadenfreude of watching jo- John Gruden uh, be unceremoniously dumped on the side of the road like a, like a, like he's being tossed off of a bus uh for not paying the fare um like seriously like don't let the door hit you on the way out john like enjoy enjoy the rest of your time i'm excited to see the rest of the of the aftershock to this man like i i seriously hope that the pressure that we that that the nfl gets to release their investigation comes out because <laughs> judging by how the league handles any kind of effed up situation if they're forced to to release that investigation, everybody and their mother in the front office is going to be hitting like panic mode. They're going to be pressing the big red button, just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And at that <laughs> point, we here on the pack podcast are going to be like, in today's episode of how fucked up is fucked up. NFL is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so yeah. In the meantime, until we wait for that investigation to get released. We look forward to week six. Um, so for week six, thankfully, the Jets are on a bye week. So technically we can't lose, but of course, the Jets can find ways to lose. So I'm sure someone's going to get hurt or traded. 
Um, in which point, although if it's a trade, I will gladly take it because Joe Douglas is known for his robberies and trades. Looking at you, Seattle. But um, <laughs> if someone could get hurt and then in that case, or like get COVID and then, you know, then we'll lose to the bye week. But that wouldn't be surprising. Uh, <laughs> so we'll look forward to the Washington football <laughs> team taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if Washington comes out and just kind of like pulls up their bootstraps and goes, screw this, we're better than what we're putting out on paper right now, and like show out against the pretty bad Kansas City's uh, defense, or if Kansas City just comes in and handles business. So um, I'm leaning more towards the, I think it's going to be a high scoring, close game. But I, I think KC is going to end up just taking it because they have Mahomes. Uh, Lauren, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I think this is. Uh, I think this is a the Mahomes is going to come in and just dice us up. Uh, I think he's going to have. I think he's going to throw for probably three touchdowns at least, a couple hundred yards. Looks like as of right now, Washington is the big underdog at plus two six, uh, on the money line, plus two sixty, uh, plus seven points is the spread right now. The spread seven points is kind of. Uh, they think they think Kansas City is going to come up, come in here, run us, run up the score for us. I think I think what's going to happen and kind of how the game plan is going to go is Kansas City is going to jump on us 14-0 early, like in the first quarter or something like that, and then from then we're just going to be playing from behind. So then it's going to turn into a kind of a shootout where you know uh, Heineke's got to got to be scrambling around trying to make things happen. Um, it, it, it it this is going to sound horrible when we make fun of people that say this, but because last week's game to me was so winnable if Heineke can complete some passes and step, you know, get step up his game a little bit, this is definitely going to be a game where he's going to have to come out and start slinging it and not, not be overthrowing receivers, not underthrowing receivers. You know, um, they're going to have to come out, come out with the game plan and, uh, and really uh, he's going to really have to execute. They either, I think they either, yeah, I think Kansas city just jumps on us early and then we have to, we have to uh, start slinging it. Cause if we get the ball first, I bet you we try to run the ball a little bit and try to keep Pat, Pat off the field. For as much as possible, you know, try to play the clock control thing, but then Tyree Kill's just going to run wild on that second day. Just if he's healthy, I mean, if he, I mean, if he plays, but I mean, their injury list, injury injury list is pretty high. But I don't know. I got I got Kansas City in this one. What about you, AJ? Yeah, I think I I set this up earlier beautifully with the injury report to KC, but I think uh, you know they've got they've got a lot of players that are that are not uh, even with those players they're not playing well right now, and uh, so I think. Um, I think Washington football, uh, the Washington football team surprises people and, and takes this win on, 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 on Sunday. Um, I, I think that uh, for all of the, the bad play that we've seen from the defense, um, you know, I think we saw a couple of good things, including that the Washington football team uh, offensive line is playing much better. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how those athletic defensive ends line uh, can, are able to, if they're able to, um, you know, Harry uh, Patrick Mahomes a little bit in, uh, you know, in the pocket in there. I mean, obviously he's, he's a freaking wizard. Uh, so, you know, maybe not, but we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think it's, I think it's an interesting matchup. Um, you know, as for the secondary, uh, that's, that's obviously the weakest part of my, of my particular argument. I mean, I think the Washington football team secondary is, is pretty, pretty much in shambles at this point, especially after watching that performance on, on uh, Sunday. Nevertheless, I think that, um, you know, if, especially if Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are hobbled or injured in any way, um, you know, I think we stand a fighting chance and, you know, this is going to be my, this is going to be my sleeper pick for the week. I think Washington football team can, can steal a win from Kansas city. Okay. Okay. 
I'm just I, I'm I'm a little bit nervous to see Landon Collins try to cover Tyreek Hill. <laughs> if, the, if you guys put him single high, I hope Del Rio goes. You know what? Maybe I should put Curl back there, and uh... <laughs> or Reeves. <laughs> yep. Anybody? So we'll see. Yeah, anybody but him. Um, what's the spread on this one look like, Lauren? Do you know? Do you have? Yeah, that? it's uh, it's uh, minus seven, for Kansas City. So um, they got to win by a touchdown or more. To cover, um, and usually those those spreads tend to be they tend to be closer. I think it. Yeah. I, I honestly kind of think it's gonna. Yeah, man, like either they're gonna jump on us early and they're just gonna be up us like two scores the whole game. You know, like we're gonna be playing from behind, or you know, it's just gonna be a shootout. Like they score, we score, they score. You know, kind of it's kind of back and forth. Um, but I tell you one thing: we start trading field goals for touchdowns in the first half. It's gonna that's gonna catch up to us. So yeah, we're gonna if they start if they keep putting up touch sevens, we got to keep putting up sevens with them because they're gonna. They're going to pull away. Look, and the, the other thing is, you know, I think uh, the Washington football team has changed its name, so I think we've got a little bit of a racism, uh, bad juju for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, that we, that we're <laughs> sort of, you know, we've freed ourselves from that curse at this point. So I think, or at least to some extent. Um, Hopefully you jump on them with that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I hope the, the racism specter will, will, uh, will, you know, sap the Chiefs' strength coming into this game. <laughs> Now, looking at our other local team, the Baltimore Ravens will be playing the very hot Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I think this is one of those games where the Ravens' defense is just not going to be able to keep up. I don't think they're going to be able to um, handle Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Jared Cook is even heating up right now over there. So I think they're going to overwhelm them. Uh, I think the Chargers beat them by more than two touchdowns, honestly. Uh, Herbert put up five touchdowns last week, too. I mean, he popped off to lead an overtime win. Um, so I think they come out and uh, they hand Baltimore another loss, or they just hand them a loss. And I still think, you know, Lamar's going to do Lamar things, but I don't I don't think it's enough. Uh, what are you thinking, AJ? Okay, so I wanted to talk about this before I made my call because I don't actually know, uh, you know, th- this one. This one is it's diff- after seeing that, especially after seeing the last couple of games that the Ravens have played, it's very difficult for me to 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 bet against them because I think, you know, if you have a team like if, with Lamar Jackson on it, you, you basically are always kind of in it uh, on some level. Um, they've just had some, pl- you know, special Ravens correspondent Jake Altman said this on Twitter. They've got some plot armor out here, uh, and. You know, it's it's kind of ah, man. I, I feel I like this Ravens team. I like the way that uh, Jim Harbaugh really uh, or, or John Harbaugh really trusts his his players. Um, and uh, so I find it, it's just so hard. It's so hard to bet against them. Justin Herbert, where the Ravens play so much man defense, it's hard not to think that Justin Herbert's not going to just dice them up. Uh, that being said, you know, as good as as he as as good as Justin Herbert can be. Um, you know, I think I've, I've seen at least against the Washington football team, that was a winnable game for Washington. They don't fumble on the, on the four yard line. I don't, I don't know that they're, I don't think they're invincible. I think they can be beaten. Um, I don't know, Lauren, let me hear your arguments first and then I'll make my call. (laughs) Yeah, I think the, I think the Chargers are a really well, well well-rounded team right now. Um, I love their D line is eating, eating people alive. Uh, I know it doesn't mean a lot against Lamar. But man, I feel like uh, you know Lamar. Lamar is like I've said. I've said this probably week in and week out with the Ravens at this point. Lamar has to do everything. 
right now. It feels like that way. You know, he's got to he's got to be make all these plays. He's got to scramble. He's got to uh, get upfield. So I think that Chargers defense is for real, and I think they just show up and they 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 give Lamar some fits. I, I that being said, Lamar's still probably going to eat. You know, they, as I, I joked about earlier, they the league's figured him out, quote unquote. You know, throwing up air quotes there. I think he gets. Um, I think he still eats, but I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers' offense. I think they're just. I think they're just well-rounded. I like their offense. Uh, Justin Herbert has been dicing people up left and right. He just won a shootout. You know, they just hung forty-seven points in the NFL. Um, you know, so if you, if Lamar if Lamar goes off again, I think Herbert could, they can go toe to toe. Eckler. Every time I see a highlight of Eckler running the ball or see him run the ball, he's getting like eight yards a carry. You know, I'm not sure what he's averaging, but it looks like anytime he, t- he touches it, he just runs through through lines. I think the I think the Chargers come out and win. And what's what's wild is the Chargers are an underdog here. The Chargers, the Ravens are the favorite. Chargers are plus plus one forty, plus three. I thought it would be a little bit closer. You know, I'm not. I guess I'm not too surprised the Ravens are the favorite, but um, the Chargers are the dogs here. So this could be a supply. This could be a game you make some money on if you uh, you play that money line and that spread. Um, if you like the Chargers here, I think they. I think it'll be high scoring. I think Justin Herbert comes out and starts slinging it, and Lamar has to go into. Lamar has to go into a uh, Superman mode to keep the Ravens even somewhere close. It took all the way up to the fourth quarter last night or yeah, last night for them, for him to mount that comeback. So I think, I think if the chargers can, I mean, chargers jump on them early, maybe they can, they can stay ahead here in a high scoring. I feel like it might be a high scoring game, but the Ravens looks like the Ravens injury report coming out last night too. is pretty lengthy as well. So I think, I just think the chargers with Justin Herbert are going to just going to roll up, roll in there and just, uh, and, uh, and, and beat them. I think they can. I think they just, yeah, I like their front five. I like their front five. I like Justin Herbert. I like their offensive weapons, but Eric, what do you think? Wait, I mean, he said he took the chargers early. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if Marlon Humphreys is playing. Um, Marcus Peters is out. I think, I think the chargers are, their offense is just too high powered right now. Um, and I, that's my driving factor for picking the Chargers, honestly. But now it's a tough decision for AJ. Yeah, I. You know what? Uh, screw it. You know, I'm going with my guys. You know, they're from Baltimore, and also it helps to hear that uh, Vegas agrees with me. So I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the Ravens. Ooh, okay. Yeah. There we go. We're getting spicy over here. Hot take. Right. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, quick, that's, uh, two, hot quick that's two hot takes for me tonight, by the way. This that is, is, this that is. is. You, you rolling all <laughs> the dice out here. Yeah. <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit. That's right. <laughs> I know, I know this game is near and dear to AJ's heart, just like it's near and dear to my heart. We're, we're talking about pa- uh, Panthers versus Vikings. Um, Panthers off, we're off to a hot start. They took an L. Um, they seem to have come back down to earth. Vikings pulled off a very tight win against the Lions, who continue to show fight. Those poor Detroit Lions, I feel bad for them. Um, me, me personally, I, I the Panthers get uh, Gilmore. I think this week he's back from the IR. Um, he had a he had time to adjust to the team, learn some of the playbook. Gilmore's a stud. Um, I think that defense is real. I honestly think the Panthers are gonna are gonna have a get right game here. Especially if Dalvin Cook doesn't play this week, uh, I think they just come out and handle business. Uh, but what do you think, AJ? I know, I know, Kirk Cousins is one of your favorite quarterbacks in the world. Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is definitely my favorite quarterback in the world. So, uh, you know, I, I, 
always pick the Vikings whenever they come up. <laughs> uh, but, but, let me hold on. Let me pull Stephen A. Smith real quick. Uh, I love Christian McCaffrey. He's a close personal friend of mine. I uh, I talk to him all the time. I've seen him at Thanksgiving. I have uh, sniffed the potpourri that sits above his 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 toilet window. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I just I I like Minnesota in this thing. I think I think that the Panthers were overrated. They beat three very bad football teams at the beginning of the year, and uh, now they've played both Dallas and the Eagles. And while the Eagles are not as bad as I thought they were, uh, they are um, they're not a complete football team. And I think Minnesota is more complete than the Eagles. So I think that, uh, you know, Adam Thielen and, um, and you know, company, uh, I think that I think they're, they're getting Dalvin Cook back this week. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, but I think I think, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, I, that, I think I think that combination is enough to uh, is enough to defeat the Carolina Panthers, particularly, you know, and I've you know, I've said this before, Christian McCaffrey, an amazing athlete. Uh, you know, I have loved watching him, watching his highlights and all that kind of stuff. But even if he comes back this week with his soft tissue injury, I think he's not going to be 100%. Uh, he's not going to look like the same Christian McCaffrey he does, uh, you know, when he's not injured. So, um, I mean, look, they might shoot him up with a bunch of cocaine or something, and maybe he'll come out looking just fine. But I think, uh, I think, uh, I think the Vikings win this game. You read that in the email? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, he got it. He got it from uh he got the cocaine from Washington's head athletic trainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hey, so oh, hold on, hold on. For, just just so just so our listeners know, uh this past week our practice facility was raided and our head trainer was arrested by the DEA for like some sort of drug crimes that we don't know about yet. They haven't released it to the public yet, so uh just just that's why we're joking about that. Lauren, who you got this? Who you got? Panthers versus Vikings? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Minnesota as well. Uh, so I think that the the Panthers really show themselves without Christian McCaffrey. So I had a theory last week going into it when I was giving out my picks to some some guys who who gamble, and uh, I told I texted him. I said, look, if 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 McCaffrey's out, you know, you might want to pick the Eagles in this one. I I kind of give them heads up. So, you know, I kind of say, you know, watch the injury report as it comes as as it comes out before the game. If McCaffrey's out, I could definitely see the Eagles stealing one. And sure enough, they stole one. Um, I the, the Vegas has this the spread as uh, as a plus one for uh, or minus one for the Vikings, plus one for the Panthers. So like it's a pick 'em game essentially, you know. Um, at that point, and the uh, money line is minus one twenty for the Vikings, plus a hundred for Carolina. But I think that the I think the Vikings come out and they get a win. Um, I just think that that Kirk Cousins offense, uh, Kirk Cousins on offense with those weapons, I think they eat. They, they eat as long as Dalvin Cook comes back. I think they'll be all right. Um, and I think that Carolina shows his true colors without Christian McCaffrey. Even if he does come back, I mean, how many times does he come back in a game and then he leaves halfway through it? He's in the blue med- mm-hmm. medical tent again. And in the blue medical tent again, I mean, you can only take so many Toradol shots where you pass out. So, like, I think he, I think they, uh, I think that if without him, they, uh, they're not, they're not a complete team. They beat some bad teams, but, but yeah, I've got Minnesota taking this one. There you go. All right. I mean, I'll I'll take the I'll take the underdog on this one. Ride with that one. Now here's 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 the next game is one that is, uh, honestly, when when we talked about it uh, earlier, you know, I was kind of torn about it. 
It's the Browns versus my beloved Arizona Cardinals. Um, I've hyped both teams up. Um, mm-hmm. I've said I've had high praise for both. And at this point, it's like, who do I go with? I like both of them a lot. Um, I'm I'm still gonna ride with my Cardinals. Uh, I'm still I'm I'm still a huge believer. I think Kyler had a come down week last week. Um, I think he bounces back and continues his MVP, uh, you know, push campaign. Um, I I I'd only put him behind Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson being an absolute animal right now. Uh, but I think I think the Cardinals come back out. Um, I think it's a tight game. I think it's really tough because uh, Brown's defense is something serious. But I think they do just enough to squeak a win out, like seven to ten points max. Um, and I think Arizona takes care of business. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised. So I know the NFL trade trade deadline's coming up, and we'll talk about that more in depth. I, I say next week. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Arizona make a couple big trades. Um, really, sp- specifically for like cornerback. Mm. I think they need a cornerback. Um, you know, Seattle just released a veteran corner today. Actually, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, Trey Flowers. Up. Yeah, they they might nope. they might pick him up. Uh, they wouldn't even need a trade. You just pick him up. Nope. Um, but I think they're going to make some moves leading up to that to kind of shore up that defense to help the offense. Um, who's putting up like you know they they put up numbers anyways. But I think I think Arizona is going to squeak out a win here. Uh, Browns rely a little bit too much on the run, and I think they'll be playing from behind early on. So. Um, they won't be able to lean on their strength. But uh, Lauren, what you got? What you thinking here? Yeah, no, I've, I think I, I think I'm going with Arizona. I mean, so here's the thing: I've, I always kind of feel like with undefeated teams, they're always they're always in for like a letdown game, you know, like a trap, not a trap game, maybe, but like you know, how long can you stay undefeated in the NFL before you roll it roll up on somebody and they give it and they and they beat you? Um, and the Browns could definitely the team that could do it. The Browns are definitely a team that could they could beat uh, that could that could beat the Cardinals. I could see it happening. Um, um, but right now I'm still I'm still picking the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are actually the underdogs here. They, so they think uh, the yeah they think the uh, the betting Vegas thinks the per Caesar Sportsbook thinks that the uh, or the Vegas has them as the as the dogs. So they're they're plus three they're plus three for the spread. The money line is plus one thirty. So. I like Arizona. You know, Kyler Murray, like you said, he's right there. I think he's right there in the top three guys for MVP conversation. That offense is real. You know, the, the wide receivers they have are insane. Um, it's kind of like it's um, – uh, I made this argument, I guess, for picking the Chargers and their D-line against Lamar, but it's kind of like that uh, your D-line can be, stu- uh, be, be really good, but if you got someone like Kyler or Lamar, you know, it just neutralizes them um, for the most part. But I think, I think Arizona – I think Arizona – gets a win here i can't i don't know i don't see i don't see cleveland doing enough to beat them now cleveland did just come off a shootout with the with the chargers and hung 41 up so you know they can definitely they could definitely score if they have to they they proved that so i think but i think uh arizona's only only allowing 19 points a game and they're averaging 31 points a game i think they just come out and i think they just handle the chargers i think they jump on them early and then and then like you said they they bury them but i'll pass it over to aj who you got yeah, no, I I also got the Cardinals. Um, you know, I think uh I, I don't know about I don't I don't see the Browns playing even with them the way they played with the Chargers. And this is another reason why I I did not take the Chargers in that game because uh, you know, I think the Chargers could give up that many points, but I, uh I just don't I I see the Cardinals being able to score, especially with a guy with you know, they they got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, on a certain level, it's like you get you just get Kyler scrambling and then you throw the ball down the field. It's not a whole lot of 
analysis necessary for that. Uh, he's down there somewhere. Yeah, he's, screw it. He's down there somewhere, right? Uh, you know. Um, and then you, you know, of course, you got Super Mario out there running around with the B button hold down. Um, I gotta take. I gotta take the Cardinals. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals on this, uh, and who knows what the score could be? I doubt it'll be. I, I doubt it'll be low scoring though. It's gonna. It's gonna you be high. Not just call him Super Mar- Baby Mario, bro. Bro, that's what he looks like. He'd just be out there running. Yeah, like, ah, ah. his oh feet move so fast he, because he's so short. <laughs> that's almost AJ, as funny. That's almost as funny. AJ, to your point about the high scoring, it's uh, it's the over under is only fifty, so you know. They've also got to put a 25. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Both these offenses can do it. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, we'll see if the we'll see if the Cardinals defense shows up. I mean, if they show up, this could be this could be a very simple conversation. If if yeah. they don't show up, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Last game that I want to talk about, um, just because it's it's interesting one to talk about, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. The Raiders. <laughs> The Raiders, Sans Gruden. Um, I mean, they were a hot team. They were off to a great start. Um, now you got all these shenanigans going on because their head coach is a POS. Um, honestly, someone said it earlier, and I can't remember if it was one of you guys or like another commentator, but not a lot changes for the Raiders. I mean, they got all the players. The rest of the coaching staff is intact. It's just Gruden's gone. Uh, how much does that make an impact? We're about to find out. I think they do. I think there's still like I think there's enough left of the team to to want to come out, punch the Broncos in the mouth, and say we don't need him anyways. Um, so I think they're going to come out. They're going to. I don't think it's going to be a crazy blowout game or anything like that. It'll maybe like 14 points, 16 points, something like that. Um, but I think the Raiders come in, handle Bronco, handle the Broncos. Um, even though they have a, they, Broncos have a great defense, but I think the Raiders are just going to come out and handle business and prove everybody. I think their goal is going to be, we don't need Gruden to continue do, having the success that we're having. And I think that's what their mission is going to be. So I'm going Raiders. AJ, who you got? Yeah, I'm also, I'm also going with the Raiders today, uh, even though, uh, you know, despite all the shenanigans and the, you know, the firing of John Gruden, the head coach, um, uh, maybe that's a mistake, but the thing—the thing in my mind is though that all of the infrastructure that John Gruden uh, put in place is still there, uh, and so you know there's a certain amount of like, well, how much does it matter? Uh, you know, the head coach is the head coach himself making decisions. Not arguing that doesn't matter at all, but I am arguing that I think they can get through this week and win a, win a football game against a, a Denver Broncos team that I think has proven itself to be uh, shaky. So. Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Raiders today. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, so I, I'm the, the one standout here is uh, I've got Denver. I've got Denver in this one. I think with everything that happened with uh, this week with Oakland, I think they just come out and they don't, you know, whoever their new head coach is, whatever his title is, I think they come out and they lay a dud. Looks like the Vegas, Vegas has the spread at four with the money line at plus 170. For the uh, for Oakland and then uh, money line at minus two hundred for the uh, for for Denver. I think it's it's at it's at mile high. I think that I think Oakland just they're they're kind of in a fog right now. I think they come out and they just go they you know they I think they hit like a breaking point right. Like both these teams are are have two losses in a row. I think it's just bad karma. One team's gonna I feel like one team's getting ready to snowball downhill, and I think the Raiders are just primed for it. Um, I think Denver comes out, Teddy comes out and does just enough, and that defense is. 
The defense is holding holding teams to 15 points a game. Um, so I think they I think they come out and Denver gets gets a win. I think it might be. I think Eric's right though. I think you guys are right in the sense that they want to come out and prove something and punch someone in the mouth. So it might be an ugly win, but uh, like a low scoring ugly win. But I think I think Denver just does enough, and the Raiders have had just such a horrible week. I think they uh, they they drop this one here. No, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's going to be one of the more interesting games just because of what's going on, just to kind of see see how they all come out and play, how they handle that. But, um, Lauren, I know the rest of the games that we have for the week are the ones that we all agree on. It's pretty consensus. Yeah. Uh, you got those lined up for us? Yeah, I do. So let's see here. We got uh, Tampa Bay versus uh, – the Thursday Night Football, we've got Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. Tampa Bay is the favorite, minus seven. Well, we all chose Tampa. Looks like and then for the Sunday morning game in London, we have the Dolphins Dolphins versus the Jaguars. Dolphins are uh, minus four favorites. Uh, and we all picked Miami. Yep. Green Bay versus the Bears, one o'clock game. Uh, uh, Green Bay's got uh, is the favorite minus five uh, over under 45. So we all got Green Bay. Bengals versus the Lions. Uh, Bengals are the favorite minus three. So we all picked the Bengals. Texans yeah. versus Colts. Uh, we all picked Indy. Indy's the favorite by minus ten. That's a that's a pretty big spread there, um, especially since the Texans' uh, young young rookie QB showed up last week. We'll see what he can do against that Indianapolis Colts defense. Um, he's a little bit more stationary than uh, Lamar is. Um, let's see here: the Rams <laughs> versus Rams versus the Giants. The Ram the Rams are minus eleven point favorites. So uh, we all picked the Rams and probably going to bury the Giants, especially if Saquon's out and uh, Daniel Jones is hurt. Uh, yep. Let's see here. We spoke on that game. And it looks like Dallas Cowboys, uh, the 425 game, Dallas Cowboys versus the New, uh, New England Patriots. Dallas is a uh, favorite by minus four. We all picked Dallas. Uh, Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all picked uh, the Steelers. They're the favorite minus five. Uh, no Russell Wilson Wait. means is bad news. There you go. I was going to say, no Russell yeah. Wilson uh, is is you know means this Geno Smith game. So yeah, that can be ugly. And then uh, he's a little bit more uh, uh, not as mobile as Russell. And uh, the, the Sunday, the Monday night game is Bills Titans, and we all picked the Bills because the Bills looks like Bills are probably one of the best teams in the NFL right now and one of the hottest there for real. And we'll see what the injury report looks like for the Titans. Maybe missing um, Julio Jones again. So, but there you have it. Those are the picks for this week. Thank you, sir. Well, as always, it's time for us to let you all go. But thanks for hanging out with us. We here at the Go D Podcast greatly appreciate you all. Please do us a favor. Follow us. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. We are begging you. Um, but as always, thanks for kicking it with us. It was a good time. And uh, on that note, Go D. Go D. Go D.